Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. Or sorry, good morning. Goodness gracious. It feels like afternoon. It's been one of those days. Um, hey, let's begin with our let's begin with our prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on, it, on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. John Paul II, pray for us. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Yeah, so um, it's me and me and Thaddeus today. Um, for this. Good morning, Trey. What's going on? How are you doing? Um, pretty well. But y'all, y'all, we're praying also. We had said a prayer. There's been some technical difficulties, but uh, God is in control. So um, we're, um, I guess, back up just a little bit. I always have to remind myself, and 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 in so doing, because I am sitting here, I can remind y'all <laughs> everything that Jesus does and everything that he lived out while he was on this planet was meant to teach us something about ourselves um, and about how we should live, what we should expect. Um, that's why at the last. I mean, like he says in St. John, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And if we're meant to be found in him um, and to be his disciple, then we need to look at what was his life like, what was his way like, because his truth is, I mean, he is truth, and therefore we have to live that out. So I think it's a good thing to look at, particularly during Holy Week, I, I don't, I think this is a pretty good exercise at any point in time, reading any amount of scripture to be able to look at kind of the way he goes and what, what he goes through. Um, and I think from a teaching standpoint, you can talk to your kids about it. I think you can learn yourself. You can always pick up things to, to, to read. Um, the fact Thaddeus found a great one from father Pope, um, that just addresses just the, just the Monday, I guess, really the Sunday before, but the Monday that he, that he is entering into Jerusalem. And I think the, the reason this topic came up was part of that. I, I just said, 
because we're entering into Holy Week, there's so many devotions. There's so many things going on. There's so many beautiful um, outward signs of what we believe going on this week. And more than not, not that they're, they're always there, but I mean, it's just such a, a central piece of this week that I think it's important for us as parents to, you know, pick and choose what we do and make sure that we have an understanding and grow in our own understanding and own faith and allow Jesus to open up to us. What can we learn this Easter about that? Um, anyway, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Thaddeus. Oh, I was just going to mention, yeah, Monsignor Charles Pope. I highly recommend you um, following him. He blogs at blog dot a d w that's for the archdiocese of washington dc dot org blog dot a d w dot org and it's called community emission and um he's a very prolific active blogger and he does a lot of neat series um back about a year ago he did a whole i think it was maybe 10 installments of what was what was life like during the um time that jesus walked through the earth so he looked at uh, family life. What was what were buildings like? What was the cuisine like in the middle in the uh, Middle East? What was I think that's religious I, life. And then he's doing it this week. He's doing every day of Holy Week. He's doing a Passion Tide chronology. So he did Mon- Holy Monday. Now he's doing uh, Tuesday of Holy Week today, and just going through um, the Scripture and what happened on that particular day. And I think, and that's one of the reasons I I really haven't been. I want to go. I want to go to the Holy Land because I think sometimes I think it's really and it's important that we make sure we understand this. While um, many times, because of the way we ex- we experience the stories of, that, that that occur in the Bible, um, particularly with with regard to Jesus and his life and the gospel, sometimes we think of it as a story, you know, just another story. But this is a real person who really walked on this planet during real times with real problems with other real people on real dirt. (laughs) And I mean, I just think that sometimes it's easy to think this is like some, you know, some mythology. It's not, this is a real person, Jesus is a real person and he is the son of God, but he's also hundred percent man. So he experienced, you know, the, the heat, the cold, the, um, whatever was going on in the culture at that time, the persecutions, the way, I mean, he lived in the middle of a real time with real people (laughs) with real problems. And that is at the center of the gospel the fact that God would come from heaven to down to earth and become one of us, um, like us in all things except sin. And we need to, it's, I think it's good for, and I think what Monsignor Pope is, is doing is good because you're trying to connect with this really happened. This is not just a, you know, a nice story that we tell, <laughs> And I think that's important because there are a lot of people who've tried to communicate God or an idea of a God through 
a generic story. I mean, that's what all myth, you know, mythology is. Never real. Just trying to communicate an explanation of why things are the way they are. Our God, the God, the only God, the Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the second person of that one God came down and became one of us. And that is amazing. If you, I mean, if you really sit there and, and go. And so he not only became one of us, I mean, he experienced all the things that, that we do, the, the let, you know, the joy of being at a wedding, the, the, the everydayness of, 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 of a family, of family life. The every once in a while, the persecution the, 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 that occurs sometimes, um, friendships, deaths of, lo- of loved ones. I mean, he, he experienced all of that. And then even on top of that, this week we celebrate what he experienced um, for all of our sakes, which is his suffering, death, um, and then resurrection. And I, I just think that, you know, this week, I think it's worth looking at um, some of those things and what we can maybe learn from them and then maybe even things that we can do this week that would help us with um, with remembering those things. Now, the cool thing is, and I, you know, we're, we're Catholics are, Catholics love to celebrate. I mean, a lot of people think that we're boring, but we're not. I mean, you know, a lot of, Christmas is, a, is an octave, right? It's an eight-day day. The church says it's from it's from the twenty fifth to the through the first. It's eight day. It's an eight day day. Um, there's one other eight day day, which is Easter. Easter, and that goes from Sunday, which this year is April first through April eighth, eight days. And then the Easter season is, you know, basically another forty two days till Pentecost. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the Ascension forty days later. And the cool thing about it is, is that if you, the actual way that we celebrate ties in really to how, you know, the calendar works. In other words, Pentecost is 50 days after Resurrection Sunday, right? Well, guess what? (laughs) 50 days after Resurrection Sunday this year, we'll celebrate Pentecost. 40 days after Resurrection Sunday, we'll, we'll do the Ascension. Um, of Jesus to heaven 40 days just like it was there so we take I think it again the church points us to the fact that this really happened like March 25th is you know the feast of the incarnation of, of when Gabriel um, came to Mary and that was the Sunday usually you'd have you'd have a day but it was it had fell on Sunday but that's nine months till when till December 25th when we celebrate his birthday so the church takes time seriously because God took time seriously enough to enter into it and to walk with us and so to actually dive into and, and to walk with our kids through diving into the reality of this was the same number of days that he walked on this planet risen. You know, that's another, you know, he walked around 40 days um, after he had risen from the dead. He didn't just go straight 
to heaven. It's not like he just disappeared. He, he, he spent time after that. You don't hear as much. You assume that, that a lot of what's written here in the Bible is that, but that's an exciting thing to explain to our kids. I mean, can you imagine what um, Peter and, you know, why he would jump out of the boat and start swimming instead of let's bring the thing. I mean, there's G, you know, there's Jesus, the person who he had denied all, you know, the, anyway, I just think, I just think that um, we as parents need to get a little bit excited about what's, what's going on. And then we can look at just the everyday stuff. So like on this, on this, um, for, you know, father, we can start like on, on, on Monday and kind of go through this. I mean, we don't have to walk through that way. And there's certain events that I think. are Yeah. Um, let me, let me interject something. I thought it was interesting that I, I came across, um, that I decided to look at what Monsignor Pope was doing for Holy Week. And right. he was doing this Passion Tide chronology because on Palm Sunday, um, I was listening to the Passion narrative and something that occurred to me was, yes, wow, you know, Christ enters Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and then there's actually a lot of teaching that he does in those days that he's in Jerusalem. There's some really significant absolutely moments that are in that Passion Week that I, I bet a lot of us don't really connect with, associate with Passion Week. For instance, his <coughs> the render unto Caesar, what is Caesar's encounter? That's during Passion Week. Right. It's actually, Monsignor Pope says that that's today, that that happened today on Tuesday of Holy Week. Um, the parable about the two sons, the one who says, I'll go do it, and then he then he doesn't uh-huh. do it. The one who says, I'm not going to do it, but then he does do his father's will. Right. Um, the parable about the, the wedding, the king and the wedding feast. Um, a lot of people know that Jesus cleanses the temple during Passion Week, that's a pretty well-known one that's associated right. with, with Passion Week. But, um, and they that, said that was, he that, said that was yesterday. He said that was Monday of Holy Week. Um, but I think that that, I, I wonder if, if that feeds, feeds into why you can go from Palm Sunday, he's being welcomed into Jerusalem as this king and a very celebratory atmosphere to by Good Friday, the whole city has, the city has really turned against him. The leaders have really recognized what a threat he is to their, right. to their spiritual power, their temporal power, um, because he's, he's out there teaching and saying really provocative things. And a lot of what Monsignor Pope recounts for today is um, a lot of stuff about the last judgment, the last things, uh, holding people accountable to how they're living, um, where their priorities are, where their treasure is, right? Things so, that people didn't want to hear, right? And so, so springboarding off of that, I think I think that's that's great because, and it would make sense, I would think, because I think as parents, you know, you go through the ordinary stuff of going around, and remember, I mean, this is coming at the. Let culmination. me say one last. Let go me ahead, wrap yeah. that up before yeah, you get going. Ahead. So I, I think Christ always has to have something that we don't want to hear. He's always got, there's always got to be something that he doesn't, that we don't want to hear from him. Otherwise, we're not listening. Yeah, no, I mean, he doesn't, 
and and the and the thing is is that what we don't want to hear often is what we think we don't want or what we think we don't need when in fact if we recognize and that's what this this whole suffering and death and 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 Christ on the cross his death and resurrection points us to he loves us so much that he is willing to say what needs to be said right. and 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 reap the you know the benefits or, or the uh, the consequences of of that right. and right. we ultimately are the ones that that have to now the good news is and it all falls in this in this time too is for everything that he says that we don't want to hear and even for the times that we shut him out he always wants us to know that because he died he still <laughs> and rose from the dead he did it to forgive us for those sins. And the great, the great lie is that we could ever do something that we could ever do something that's unforgivable, um, that somehow we're beyond his mercy. So I think part of what point to is, is this week as parents. And if you haven't, and unless you've already done it, um, you know, if there is an ability, there is an opportunity to go to confession as a family or with that, I would highly encourage you to do that for that exact purpose. Because, because listen, he is the truth and the truth is always going to kind of cut at us a little bit. It's always going to, it's always going to jab us. And, and what it is, is that, is that our conscience is being pricked and what we all we have to do to be forgiven is to say yes lord <laughs> i as hard as it, i i agree with you your truth is the truth you are the truth and i'm away from it or i have deviated from that truth and please forgive me and that's why it's so important to see him on that cross because because that's what did he say from the cross? Forgive them for they know not what they do. He's, he's asking forgiveness of the father with him hanging on the cross on behalf of all those people. Yeah. I and, mean, and Monsignor Pope, he mentions that on Monday of Holy week, Jesus comes back into Jerusalem from Bethany. Yes. And he stops on this hill outside of Jerusalem. Right. And he says these words, as Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if only you had known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes for the days will come upon you when your enemies will barricade you. And he foretells the, the Jewish war with the Romans and the destruction of the temple. But he's in, any, in many ways, he's sort of saying the same thing, a, a similar kind of thing there of um, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. He, he's weeping for right. Jerusalem about what's going to come. He, he, he knows that he's going to be rejected. He knows that they're, uh, the leaders are not going to. I think it's so important truth. for us to remember. And I think it's why, you know, to the extent that you can to watch the passion, but to understand what's, what, what he's doing, because I think it's, there's a really, I mean, any parent that has had a child do something <laughs> that, really let them down. I mean, when you get past anger, I think even beyond anger about something that's happened is this intense sadness mm -hmm. um, that you don't <laughs> understand not only how you hurt me, but how it's not who you are. 
And I think that this is pointing to the fact that he's he's looking down as a as a parent, so to speak, over that and going, you just you you don't get it. I mean, and I'm so sad that you don't get it. And and I think that that's a that, that's a, that's love. We you know we. I know that I grew up not because my dad, my dad wasn't like that. I mean, you know, he was like most dads, you know, a little scary at times, but, but I think sometimes we forget that all that's being done is, is out of just this infinite love and infinite love wants what's good for the other. And he'd like it to be one way for people to just accept what he's saying and just do it. But he knows that people will fight back against it or will turn away from it or will not like to hear what what they're hearing and he still pursues he still says i even when you do that if you'll just turn back and recognize me i'll do it but in that moment he's he's foreseeing even though i am here even though i am who i am i'm not fo- going to force any of y'all to, to do it. And in fact, I'm going to be crucified. I am going to be tortured. I am going to die, but I will come back. You know, I'll, I'll come back from the dead. I will rise. I'll rise. But it's all for you. Even those people who are spitting on me, even those people who are talking badly about me, even those people who will persecute the church down the road. So anyway, I think again, that's what I like about, say, the passion or, or watching during this week, watching something like um, Jesus of Nazareth or even like the, the miracle worker. If you have younger kids on the clay, in the claymation, which is actually not, not, not too bad, really, if you can find it. But to, to really begin to see Jesus as a real person who really walked, who really had emotions, who really cared about people, who who was not a wimp by any stretch of the imagination, was the strongest and most perfect man that could be, and so was not afraid to say the things that had to be said and do the things that had to be do and, done and, and to accept the things that God sent his way even when we didn't, <laughs> even when you're asking that it not happen, to still accept it. And do it for the sake of the other, for the sake of everybody out there, even those who don't know, you know, understand what's happening. And even those who may not, even at that moment, look like they'd ever accept him. But there were certainly many after this that that came to know him who were perhaps the same ones who spat upon him, you know, and that's that's good news. I mean, that that's really good news. So but I think I think that. Again, looking at him and and recognizing him, I think it's real easy. I don't know what I mean. Maybe that is you. I don't know how you feel about this, but it's. I think it's sometimes easier to see to think of him as God, <laughs> and someone that's so different from from you and me because he's perfect, and he he's all knowing. He's everything that God is, and it's kind of easy to put him over there and say, "Yeah, you know, you're." your God, I think it's harder to see him as a real human being with real relationships. You know, I was thinking about, you know, just, I mean, this is just a total 
it's not an aside. It's the whole this Holy Week. But you know, the, he's got his disciples. You know, after after that, and they're and they're going, and he's got his three like you know he's got this group of people, but then he's got his like three best friends. You know, yeah. I mean, the guys, you know, Peter, James, and John, right? That are always right. with him at right. major major events. Three of the, and I always think like, well, see, I mean, he had he had his like his crew of people that he was friends with and discipled, and then he had, but he still had those really close ones. And even the closest would deny him <laughs> and run from him, you know, uh, run away from the thing. Mm-hmm. But they still turned around and came back mm-hmm. um, after that. So anyway. Well, I think, you know, Peter even had that reaction of uh, what you're saying of kind of seeing him more as God maybe than man. Right. You know, his when he says to, to Christ that, no, never, that will never, I will never allow you to be... Uh, harmed and put to death, Lord, that, right. that, that can't happen. You know, that's a pious, I think that's a pious Israelites reaction to, you can't put God to death. No, right. that's, that's sacrilege. Right. That's sacrilege. That can't happen. Um, a lot of people like to point at Peter and, and, but I mean, I think it not unlike, I mean, if you think about the people that he really chose to, to lead his church, I mean, the two biggest is Peter and Paul, right? The two. I mean, those guys were pretty bold people. I mean, yeah. they were they took God pretty seriously. Um, I think what happened, and this is part of the message of of not only Holy Week, but of of this is that I think God wants people who are zealous for Him. You know, who want who want to be bold. But what happens, I think, is we have to reach a point where we recognize that we're not able to do that by ourselves it's not of our own strength and our own volition yes he'll honor that because even like is it who are the sons of thunder that uh james james and john right mm-hmm. and the mother you know the mother says it's not for me to give and they said you know well, you know can you drink the cup and yes you can and he goes you don't know what you're asking but you will drink the cup that i drink because you willed it and i think there's a part of teaching ourselves and learning about this is that we need to recognize that if we give ourselves to God, we may fail. We even as zealous as we may be, or on fire as we may be, sometimes God's got to bring us to a point where we realize we can do none of this without him. And I think Peter and even, you know, Paul and his chasing after the the Christians um, and and persecuting the Christians was doing it because he he loved God as he understood Him um, and thought that these people were doing something against Him. Peter, every time you look up, is always either correcting or saying, "I'm not the you know I'm not going to do it," which is great. And I think Jesus even even says it at the Last Supper. You know, you're going you you are going to deny me three times and you're going to be sifted. Satan's asked that, but when you turn back, you'll strengthen your brothers. And when you have that, that metanoia experience, you'll, you'll, you'll come back and strengthen your brothers. And um, I think that that's, that's again, something that we should be, we should be encouraged to be bold. We should be aware of the fact that we're going to fail (laughs) often and then still trust in the face of that failure. I th- see, I think that that's, you know, like a Judas, for example. 
uh, the, you know, there's always a discussion of what would happen with Judas <laughs> had he, instead of, instead of hanging himself, had Judas actually repented and turned around, what would that conversion have been like? <laughs> and we know that um, he's more than capable of being of being forgiven after, after that, but didn't handle it that way. I, you know, he looked at what I'd done is this is the worst thing you could ever do. And nobody, I could never be forgiven. Basically it's how we did it. So I'm just going to end it. And I think those two are the, are the, are the, you know, Peter and Judas are the two, Yeah, you know, I've used Judas with, with, within our family a little bit sometimes of this might be a strange way to use him, but, or to look at him, but, uh, considering him as, okay. The fact that he did despair. Right. So children, please don't, don't despair. Don't lose hope. Don't think that you have done something to, you know, permanently lose my love, your mother's love and respect. You've permanently lost God's love for you. That's not possible because look, look at what having that kind of, kind of an outlook on life that that's possible can lead someone to do. Cause I, I, I think that Judas didn't just, in the moment after he betrayed Christ, suddenly decide, well, now, now there's nothing I can do. I'm, I'm damned. There, uh, he'll yeah. never take me back. I think he, I think he had that understanding of, of God. He had that sort of outlook on, on life. Let's say, for a long time before he found himself in that in that position. So not believing completely in the love of the father and right. his trusting in his mercy can send you down some really bad paths. Right. And I, I don't think know what you think of that. Well, no, I think, and I, I think it's, it's true. I think I'm, I don't, don't know. I've always heard that, you know, one of the explanations is, is that he had, he had an understanding maybe even consistent with, with kind of the culture with regard to this is what Jesus is. This is what the savior's for. I think he may have, like you said, may have believed it was him, but it had to happen a certain way. I've heard that he acts. I've heard that he tried, he was trying to kind of provoke God to do what he want, what, what he thought was going to happen. Um, I've, I've heard that as an argument. So sometimes, and we can learn from that if, if indeed that is true. I'm not saying that is. I'm just saying it's one possible explanation that he's like, okay, this is the Messiah. And what we have to do is provoke, the, you know, put him in a situation where he's going to have to rise up and, and, and do that. Because I, cause we've seen all these miracles. He can do it. I mean, it's a possible way that he might have thought. And and then make him use his power to overthrow. Right. Make him put him in a situation where he has to reveal himself as the Messiah in the way that I have preconceived. He's supposed to throw, you know, come in here, take over Jerusalem and, and establish a kingdom. Um, it's at least one possible 
way you might see it, which would mean he would believe that's who he was. But what he didn't believe, what he had problems with was the way in which it was going to happen and accepting God's way for it to unfold. And, um, and I think his, I mean, this is one way I, I mean, I could see it happening. Judas in, in doing that recognizes, okay, he's not, <laughs> he's, he isn't, this is the time he should have done it and he's not saying anything and he's allowing all this to happen. And then he realizes, and that's when he says, Hey, did you know, I don't, I don't want the money. I don't want anything. I think he realizes at that point, that's not the plan, but maybe at that point he falters some and says, well, maybe he isn't who he says he is because he's not responding the way I want him to respond. Now just take that even just as a thought, whether that's completely accurate or even, a possibility for Judas. I think it's real for us. Yeah, very because lots so. of times, lots of times, I think we as people, and and I think again, you can teach it through kids. Things don't always work out the way we want, or the way that we foresaw them, and we have to trust that 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 the God who is the author of everything, even our own lives, even in and through struggles that come. Um, struggles that we don't want struggles that we've prayed, please don't let this happen. When they come that God can actually use that and bring about the good for us, maybe even the good that we want, but we don't really know that we want it. Yeah. The, the best good. And that's what, you know, that's what happens here. Because we wanted, they wanted to be delivered from the Romans and all that, right? Um, that's what they wanted. But Jesus is, and God's saying, hey, you know, your real enemy is the devil. Your real problem is sin. You know, <laughs> You're, I'm, I'm giving you something way beyond what you can even fathom or imagine. Ha, you know, eternal life with me for forever. Pain, crying, everything's gone at that. So we're not even knowing what we're, sometimes we're praying for things and God's saying, but there's something way more important. There's something way better. And we, as parents, I think we need to point and recognize that as parents, there are times when we as parents have to sometimes look beyond what our kids really want towards something better and try to point them that way and know that they may not understand that they may not understand that they have to go through this to to get what's best for them um i mean i I mean i can think of examples like you know i I was listening to somebody say say you're getting some sort of surgery or whatever like that or a kid having to get a vaccination or something along those lines it's not um and you're bringing as a parent to there and then they're looking at you saying what are you doing handing me over to this person who's going to create all this pain in me and and you can see in real life as a parent that there are times when, when as a parent seeing what and knowing what we know that we might allow our child to go through something that would be in the moment painful, but ultimately better for them down the road. And we have to, again, paint that picture, not just for us, but for our kids. And that's what I think, I mean, that's what I think, you know, Christ on the cross points us to. And that's, you know, in Hebrews, when he talks about, you know, he endured the cross for 
what was beyond for the joy that beyond was beyond it. And in, in, in Hebrews, he talks about that. Um, anyway, so I, I, again, we're, we're talking about Holy week and we're talking about these things that happened that, that, that kind of let us, um, look at it, but I won't, but it's, it's almost, it's not, I'm not saying there's a Lexio Divina, but it is, it is a way of kind of looking and trying to putting ourselves into the, into the situation, allowing our kids, you know, Hey, what would it have been like? And I think Easter is a great time. You can go back and look, you know, I mean, the road to Emmaus or whatever, it's a great time to kind of, Hey, let's put ourselves in this thing. What, you know, who were, you know, if you're the one walking along, I mean, what would that have been like? What would it have felt like? What, you know, what would have been questions that you would have asked? I think that's a great tool to use to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your family, to take a few minutes. And you don't, I mean, if they're younger, you know, just get one little, you know, Bible, you know, short Bible story. And, and it doesn't have to be right out of the Bible. It can be, depending on where you are. But 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 do that or, or watch a, you know, a beginner's Bible video or something in, of maybe that that time or something with Jesus and, and just put yourself in that. So I don't know. Yeah. A couple, um, practical things here. Um, two things we did yesterday were, um, we have a diffuser. Yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah. <laughs> and, um, Robin took some really fragrant, um, essential oil and yes. put it in that diffuser and had it, you know, try to fill up the whole house with that just rich scent of perfume. And we did that to just to remember and mark the breaking of the perfume oh, yeah, uh, that's cool. by Mary over Jesus and wiping him, you know, cleaning his feet with the oil and wiping it up with her hair and how the gospel says that it, the whole house smelled like that rich, rich perfume. So we did that just for, that's just awesome. for fun that's and kind of talked idea. about that. Um, and then we, we, Believe it or not, we actually have a fig tree in the back oh, part wow. of our ours yard. is growing finally. Yeah, it is <laughs> ours. All of a sudden, it just went from dead to just leafing out green, and so we just went out there and and looked at it and um, talked about the the cursing of the fig tree and um, just again just marked that little story in the gospel. No, we didn't do any profound reflection or discussion of it theologically. Because uh, that, that's also a really difficult passage. It's very difficult. To understand. Yeah. And it, he does talk about. He does it a good this. reading of it. But we just basically went out there and said, "Hey, there, we have a fig tree in the back of our yard. This is what it looks like." Um, and there, the fig tree figures in one of the stories of the of the Passion Week. So, yeah, no, how I mean, about that. I mean, but that's yeah, pretty, yeah, those are It was just a little, just a little thing. And I think, but I think those are things that that. Um, we sometimes make it harder than it is. I mean, yeah. you can just take anything. I mean, we, there's obviously things we can't, I mean, I've never been, I'd lo, I'd love to stand on, you know, the top of that hill, look down on Jerusalem from where Jesus was standing. Just, I mean, obviously it'd be a little bit different than it was, but, but, but at the same time to say that's, this is where he is or to walk, you know, into the place where he's, you know, near where he's crucified and, and just to be, I'd like to do that one day. Mm -hmm. Just, just saying, Me Lord. Too. but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but for the things that we can experience here, you know, do it like the, the fig tree, the cursing of the fig tree. You can go read that story and look at that. You don't have to get into a theological, dis I mean, discussion about it. 
you say, hey, you know, he saw a fig tree. It wasn't producing any fruit. And that's it. Now, that story is part of his teaching, I think, is is central to what it means to be a Christian. God, I mean, we're, we, you know, St. Paul said, you know, I mean, Jesus says you'll know them by their by their fruit, you know. And I think this is a sign that's pointing to the fact that he's dying for a reason. And the reason is not just to, uh, I mean, just to, <laughs> just to save us. I mean, it's for us to have abundant life, for us to, to produce fruit. Um, and so, I, I mean, there's even, there, there's stories otherwise about the tree, you know, being cut down. I mean, he uses that image of, and the person pray, hey, listen, let me take care of it and, and see if we can in the sense that there's always somebody looking out for us and calling us to something more, not to just get by, right? but to actually thrive. Right. So anyway. I made a whip out of cords too, and I was going to use it on the kid, but then Robin <laughs> said, nah, that was going a little too far with you know, marking uh, stuff. Man, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but no, on a, on a more serious note with the practical stuff, um, this is the first year that we've got all, we've got three of the four children doing um, baseball or oh, t-ball wow. at the yeah. same time, but it's not, it's not like they're all at the same time at their, and they're all in the same place on the same day. Right. And this is the first week that it's really in full swing for us. And so it's, it's hard. Uh, it makes marking and Holy week, a challenge and keeping, making this time special and reverencing it. And so I would just say to whoever is listening, um, you know, know that I'm going through that. Our family is going through that struggle of how do you find the proper, uh, how do you think, how do you put things in the right order when you're making this final preparation for and it's really hard so i mean kingsley's on she's a starter on a on a on a uh, really good soccer team and they have it it could have been any time but it happens to be eight o'clock thursday night you know Mm -hmm. i mean now our judge was always if it was practice somebody wanted to have on a holy thursday like when we were when we were younger then it was like okay we're not gonna we're gonna that's we you can miss practice i mean um, in a case like this, it's a harder, it's a harder deal. I mean, um, so well, cause we, you have your so commitment, to, commitment your to the team and, and there, are, and there are people that, you know, that have jobs and, and I look at this, it's, it's a commitment that you've made. And, and, and so you, but again, it's, these are the situations when we're in it that we can, if we haven't thought through it, articulate, how are we going to make this decision Share that with your, I mean, share it with your spouse, you know, if your spouse is there, share it with your spouse, but then, but then share that thinking with your children so that you can, so that you can give them, this is how we're th- walking through this. And we're concerned that we're making the wrong decision because of this, but this is why we're making the decision. We hope it's not just because of whatever, and we're going to pray <laughs> that God gives us the strength to do whatever, but... This is, but see, I think, I think, and again, but you know, a two-year-old, no, but you know, eight or nine-year-old to begin to say, hey, this is, 
this is real life. Things happen and you got to figure out how do we make decisions on this? And I want to share with you what we're thinking and how we're going about making that decision. And that's a great opportunity. But the, the thing is, and it's like Christmas and, and, and Easter both. And, and I guess it would be this way in the culture in which we live now. You just notice that the, even when I grew up, it was more, I mean, I'm 53 years old. I mean, when I grew up, kind of everybody had, you know, Sundays were, there was nothing open and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it's still for me too. But, but, um, but now you look around and there's so much that you, I mean, things aren't closed on say Good Friday. It used to, I know that used to almost everything closed down on Good Friday. You know, most things aren't closed on Good Friday now. Um, I mean, there's just lots of different things. People aren't even aware. I mean, they know Easter's coming, but there's no sense of the triduum. There's no sense of, of it begins, you know, Thursday night and kind of reliving that, um, that period from the last supper to resurrection Sunday. Um, anyway, I, I think it's, I think that, uh, it's even more a challenge today because people, I mean, I'm just amazed that they don't even think about, I mean, not, not they, I mean, there's a lot of people that I deal with. It doesn't cross their mind that Thursday's Holy Thursday. I mean, it's just not in their way they think. And they're good people. <laughs> they may even be good Christian people. They just don't, they're not thinking that way. Um, kind of a little sad because, I mean, I think that, I think that it's, it's a time that we should be able to shut down and, and focus on, on things. But, um, but, I, but like I said, all the stuff that like you were just sharing, the fig tree, the diffuser and the oil that's very strong and, and tying them to stories again, I think connects the whole person to that and, and allows them to maybe have a little bit more of a connection with a story. Um, and so again, I, I think those are all great ways that you can do simple things to have an impact. Yeah, and I think with like keeping the liturgical year in the home, yes. I think a general rule, generally you can pretty much say something is better than nothing. I mean, Absolutely. anything you're, anything you're doing purposefully, thoughtfully to try to say, it's this saint's feast day, so we're going to do blah, 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 blah. Even if it's not traditional, it's just something you made up, you just thought up. Right. Um, that's better than not doing anything. So anything, right. so anything the, you can anything do. Anything you do. All those small things that you're doing, like, you know, I know we're getting like um, on Holy Thursday. I love going to to the Last Supper, the Holy Thursday Mass to see the feet washed and mm -hmm. and to listen to, the, the, to that story. And again, you know, I've known people that will do that with their kids, will wash their feet. I mean, just something to, you know, to get a sense of what that's like. Because that's an odd, you know, like even if you watch like Pope Francis will go and wash the feet of the prisoners or whatever and even kiss. I mean, mm -hmm. there's something uncomfortable about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and correct I mean, me if I'm, wrong, if I'm wrong on this, but Holy Thursday, if, if the washing of the feet is what is the most profound thing for you in that liturgy... And, and that's all you have time for, then just come, see that, spend some time in prayer, and then you can leave. It's not a holy day of obligation. Right. It's, it's okay if you if you leave without going to communion, with you, you leave in the middle of the Mass. And if you can, if the procession, the Eucharistic procession afterwards is what matters the most for you, Do that. then get there 
right before that starts and be there for that. Right. I mean, those do again, it's, it's don't add everything. Just, just add something. Right. And, and, and I think that those are, those are great things. Cause I, there's great teaching opportunities cause you have the Holy Thursday mass. And then I think to, I remind the kids all the time, but it's really important to remember that Jesus, that, that there's no mass on Friday. I mean, it's the one day of the year. It's always a great trivia question that I throw out even today. <laughs> when is there, is there mass on Friday? You know, um, but the church again recognizes and even, you know, to go into a church with the, with the tabernacle wide open and that light blown out, that candle blown out, that's a great teaching opportunity too to show the kids that and that the veneration of the cross and or the stations or whatever you can do again it, there's the walking stations that there's over at saint which we've done forever and loved it yeah yeah i don't think we're going to do it this year just because of, of time but we are going to probably do station of the cross or come to veneration and, and and do it because i think it's important to to recognize that on good friday something well <laughs> the greatest evil accomplished the greatest good on that day. And it's a day that we recognize that we said no uh, to Jesus in some way. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's it. Huge fan of the vigil mass of the Easter vigil. If you can do it, do it. I and mean, we've been doing it for so long with the kids that they don't even think you can go to mass any other time. And we've always done it, and and it's St. Mary's, but there's so many images there. Now, remember, it's a it's a two and a half, three hour mass. I mean, it's you know, it's a long one because they do all the readings. But if you can, there's so much to teach there as they get older. And I would challenge y'all to do it. There's you know, it starts off dark, and there's the mm-hmm. fire, and then and then and then there's the lights being passed as the mass begins. You know, and it, it lights up. It lights up the whole church. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from the Easter uh, fire that, you know, here they, they actually light it and everybody goes and it, I, there's just so many great like symbols and images that show what it means for us to hold our little light. And that if every Christian held their light, it can, it can light up a room. It can fill the darkness. And I think that's great. So, yeah, one of my favorite traditions we did growing up was um, we would also go visit churches on oh yeah on, on Holy Thursday, Thursday night, night yeah. and drive around. You know, this is in Denver, so and we would go. A lot of times we would try to pick. We would maybe go to like four, and try to pick a couple that we churches we never went to. And they have, I think that you can do that here. Yeah, you can. You can go in College Station. You can drive. And that's to go around. be with, you know, be with the Blessed Sacrament that's that's exposed. That's in a the beautiful Adoration one Chapel. too. And it's just a few minutes, just a couple minutes. It doesn't have to be a long. I think it's great. It's wonderful. I mean, so pick something this week and and make it and make it. Um, hey, how about this week? for our uh, memory verse? This is yeah. John two, nineteen through twenty one. Christ saying, "Destroy, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again." Perfect. I think that's great. And that's exactly what happens because we are uh, the temple. And so, Lord, um, we thank you for this this week. And we just ask that you would please um, bless all of us and um, remember to uh, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And he will. God bless you. Happy Easter. 
Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood. 